0: Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Maintaining a functional editorial calendar is hard. Wrangling writers and editors, copy edits and social media posts, all on deadline, can get very messy very fast. That's why leading creative teams at places like BuzzFeed Studios, Group 9 Media, and Time all use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule. Visit Airtable.com. Dot .com slash digiday today to get $50 in free credits. Hello and welcome to the Digiday podcast. I'm Brian Morrissey. This week I am joined by Julio Bruno. Julio is the CEO of Timeout Group. Julio and I talked about how Timeout has diversified its business model to rely not just on ads. Timeout now has several revenue streams from commerce to events to operating food markets. I've been to one in Lisbon. It's big and impressive. Here's my conversation with Julio. Julio, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me here, Brian.
0: Okay, so uh, you're about what, like two and a half years into the role here as CEO? Yeah,
1: two and a half years. Well, I started as executive chairman at the time. I became CEO when I took the company public in June 2016.
0: Okay, so talk to me about the transformation journey that Time Out Group is on. I mean, because a lot of publishers are are on this kind of transformation journey.
1: So three years ago when I joined... Time out was still publishing guides on its own you know like guides for cities sure. uh, we were having the magazine in, in many cities around the world and we had a model which was mainly based on franchisees uh, outside of new york london chicago there were a lot of franchisees that pay us a, um, a fee besides that we were they were beginning before my time beginning to sell restaurant reservations through open table, booker table, etc., and a bit of theatre in London. So, what happened in two thousand and fifteen when I joined? And, and the story is that I I found the company they didn't find me. I mm. came to them, to the owners. It was owned by private equity, Oakley Capital Investments, and I um, I approached the owners and I talked to them about what I would do with this incredible brand that I thought they were under under selling, under using, and and the transformation that I could see they needed. You know, I was in TripAdvisor before and travel pouring other companies that I was doing a lot of e-commerce, and I thought, this is a great opportunity. So I presented to them the idea that I had, and they said, that's exactly what we want to do.
0: And the idea was?
1: Take a, what I call it monetizing the audience and then monetizing the businesses that want to sell to that audience. So Time Out was always about inspiring people what to do in a city? You get to London, Shanghai, what do you do? And Time Out has always told you, well, you can do all these other thi- these things and they're all great. But then after that, you chose, okay, I want to do that. I want to go to that theater play. And then what you had to do, you have to go to Google, probably, and search it, find it, match it, and then book it. Clearly not a great user experience today. So,
0: And a lot of value left on the table. Exactly. So
1: I said, well... If you have recommended people, you are inspiring them to do something, why don't you let them buy that? Great. Obviously, it sounds very easy, but it's difficult to do. How do you do it? Do you go direct? In today's world, very expensive, very complicated around the world. So we decided to go through affiliate networks. So we work with people like Viator, Expedia, or Broadway.com, or um, Encore.com, et cetera, to sell tickets to the things that we are talking about. So you can still have all the inspiration and the curation that Time Out offers, but now you can decide to buy it as well. And that was part of it. You know, the, we were doing other things uh, to, to change that. But that was originally the e-commerce part attached to the incredible curation.
0: So it was taking the, the commerce that was a, a bit of a sidelight and making it much more of a main focus.
1: Yes, I mean, it wasn't even it's like when companies today or publishers said, oh, we are doing some diversification and they have a 2% yeah. kind of thing. So we... Some
0: Amazon links.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, putting <laughs> links, etc. And, and the reality is that, as, uh, as you know, that with the duopoly of, of Google and, and, and Facebook and now with Amazon coming as well, advertising model, you know, I could see that it was not going to be enough. For a global brand. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we did a lot of other things. So we are doing a lot of other things like bringing the franchises back into uh, ownership of Timeout and, and and doing what we are doing, mainly London, New York, etc. and all the other cities that, that we own and operate. Uh, because the global brand that we have is still very important and, 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 and continues to be that promise of what's best in the city. And then the other part of the strategy was uh, bringing the Time Out market uh, concept into into timeout and then expanded uh, Ex- the world.
0: Explain the timeout market
1: concept. So timeout market and, and and let me maybe before I say that let me explain the timeout group from the point that I took the company public in June 16. We uh, I created two divisions. One is called Timeout Digital. Which has all the assets of print, digital, web, e-commerce, etc., and is uh, head by a CEO, Christine Peterson. Mm-hmm. And then I created the Vision Timeout Market, uh, headed by Didier Suiliat, who is a CEO. And this is um, what we call is the best of the city under one roof. This is the physical representation of Timeout, the curation of Timeout. So we uh, opened in, before my time, in 2014, in Lisbon. And these these I've concept. been there how I mean not to Lisbon,
0: but to not just the Lisbon, but to the, to the market there it's it's
1: big it's what else just big <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's great, but I mean I was surprised at how 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 big it is did I mean, you enjoy the food? I enjoyed the food
1: was it incredible? I think there was free wifi too, which was good. free Wifi and you have to give me your email, and now I have you <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> um, but uh obviously you have to check and <laughs> authorize me to to send your emails. <laughs> But, uh, well, you saw it there, you know, there are like 30 restaurants, uh, several bars, the Time Out Bar, there is a studio, cooking academy, uh, several shops. And uh, the idea is the people who are there are chosen by Time Out to be the best, let's say the best fish or the best croquettes or the best local sushi. And the way we choose them through the curation that we do, through the editorial curation of Time Out, is you have to have a place in the city, in Lisbon, or more, and then you have to have a rating of five stars. Mm -hmm. You You have to be already the best. And then, together with the team of Time Out Market, it's just, are you the best, most interesting fish, or pizza, or hamburger, or whatever else? We call this democratizing fine dining. And we invite them to the market. Um, and then obviously that's what they do. They do probably they're not gonna serve the full menu, they're gonna serve whatever, you know, we agree with them they're gonna serve because as you know, this is only the chefs are there and they are not you know, there is no back office or front office, that's all time out. And obviously they only have to worry about having the the cooks there and the, and the their wares and the food. And obviously if we decide at some point that they are not the best. We're gonna kindly ask them to vacate and, and bring somebody else to keep to keep the concert alive. And we are now opening in Miami. We are opening in Boston. We are opening in Chicago. And there are other places pending, like London and Porto in, in, in Portugal as well.
0: So I want to take each of those things because it's interesting. Because one is basically diversification, and the other is using the brand um, in in interesting ways. And they're both things that I think a lot of publishers are are thinking about. I mean. I think timeout has its own peculiar characteristics that lends itself to this. Um, but let's talk about the diversification um, uh, quickly. What uh, wh- what does the portfolio now look like with you know print versus digital versus commerce?
1: So uh, print is still very important for us because obviously not only we have the magazines that we do mainly free around the world, particularly you know in New York. We have around three hundred thousand a week. Same in London. And then other places like Chicago, maybe it's every three months. In other places like Barcelona, it's every week, Madrid maybe every month, et cetera. So print is very important. Then the publishing part of the guides, we outsource it to a company. So we still own the mm-hmm. content and the brand, but it's outsourced, so they publish them because I didn't want to... Keep right. publishing right it didn't make sense for but me.
0: let's let's just stick on print advertising yeah. like what percentage of, uh, is so that at this vote?
1: moment uh well last year uh, print advertising was around 38 percent of the company revenue
0: okay and that is f- flat
1: uh, actually, we grew last year, believe it or not. like, a grew 1%. like 1%. Yeah, and, right. and I know that.
0: Most 1% is the new 20%, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, if in you print. compare to a lot of people losing 20%. Yeah. but So
0: you'll take 1% on that part of the business because that's the legacy. It's not like print all of a sudden is going to have this gigantic renaissance.
1: Um, well, we, we believe in print, and we actually, part of that 1% is that because we launched in the last two years around eight new magazines, Okay, which is kind of, you know, you will say counter. So, what's the role? What, what is
0: the role? If this is like not a growth business, why, why pour the gas on here?
1: Because the way we now look uh, at timeout, at least since I'm there, is that content is content. You produce content through fantastic, you know, journalists edi- editors that produce content, and then we are agnostic about how you deliver the content. So once you have created the content, you deliver it to the to a magazine, to the web, to the app to the time and market if it's in a way creating that mm-hmm. other content and because it's produced centrally and we are about content curation so same staff is the same staff we don't okay. have different teams they did in the past and i changed that we you know have uh, or we changed that and and, and now if you're an editor you're an editor of content and and then the content is then uh, uh, you know put whatever whatever we decide usually it's everywhere right But the format changes, but not the content, because that's the the curation that we do. And once you look at content that way, then the format, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You have to think, uh, okay, how how much does it cost me to produce this magazine? And can I make it work profitably? And I make X profit on that. I mean, so my gross margin in print is obviously much smaller than the gross margin in digital. But you still, if you make it profitable, uh, or you can make it profitable then why wouldn't you use it? It's a different format. When you go to an underground station here in Subway in in, in New York and they give you the magazine in your hand, you're taking brands that are advertising there, you're putting them in the hands of the consumer directly. That's very powerful. You Mm -hmm. cannot do that in the internet, and you cannot do that even if you go to the kiosk to buy it. And so obviously there is a space for that format, for that advertising there, and it can be done
0: profitably and you see that like long term you can figure out a way a path that print can be can be Mm -hmm. fairly profitable we
1: are figuring that because as you know timeout is not yet profitable as a company Mm -hmm. uh but we are in way on our way there and we will only do it if it's profitable obviously but again once you look at content as content per se it's just being agnostic uh, towards the platform that you use, I think that that that's mm-hmm. that's the way we think about the business
0: okay, so on the digital side um how are you looking at display versus commerce versus other
1: so this has changed it is changing a lot, obviously Facebook and Google took so much or has taken so much of all the advertising dollars that the companies that are let's call it left there are scrambling for you know for them cramps, right, yeah. uh, if I may say that, and, and, and we realized that we have to be very good at what we were doing if there was any uh, reason for us to be advertising, you know, uh, and, and to survive digitally. So because of that, we realized that we couldn't survive only on the advertising, and we needed to do something else. As I said, the e-commerce and other things. We also do uh, listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the hotels or the uh, restaurants can, can buy a subscription and, and, and be you know shown uh, preferentially with a little box, etc., etc. And, and that has proven very successful as well. So that diversification outside of what is advertising is important. But also, if you think about it, sometimes you, you could be doing advertising, but also you are selling their product. So you have that relationship with the with the business that is much more direct. Not only I allow you, or you buy your advertising in, mm-hmm. in our platforms, cross cross platform, but also you can sell through my platform. And if there is this brand association between Timeout and whoever you are as a business, that is probably um, very strong, and people like that. So if you package again all that together and say, well, this is what Timeout is about. You know, discovering the best of the city, being that ambassador of the city. Um, and we are this true platform for city life, right? So you want to be with us. We're going to help you showcase your business. We're going to let you also uh, sell your tickets, if that's mm-hmm. what you do, or, or get your bookings. And that part is growing. Obviously, it's growing. Last year, we grew like 57% e-commerce year on year. And the previous year was also like 56% year on year.
0: Like how many transactions are you driving in a year?
1: So it would be, I think it's over 700,000 transactions. This is from 160,000, two and a half years ago. So you can see the growth.
0: Okay. And does that include the listings or?
1: No, no, this is transaction. This is the, se- the tickets that we sell uh, either directly through our own events, which we haven't spoken yet, or through, you know, selling restaurants and theater and attractions and, and, and attraction mm-hmm. your hotels that we sell as well. So this
0: people. is more than incremental. Because like, I always get caught up when people talk about their quote unquote commerce strategies, it's really incremental. It's the two to two to ten percent of revenue. No, no,
1: no. This is uh, incremental. Wouldn't do it for us uh, for what we want to be. You know, you probably can make another model which makes you a smaller and more niche, and you can make it incremental and still be successful. But the growth that we have had in revenue and the growth that we have had as a group is 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 quite. Strong, but we need mm-hmm. that in order to pay for all our costs and our expenses and right. the operating expenses of the company that is still large.
0: Is there a risk on this side of the business because you're relying on intermediaries yet again? Like I, I feel like the story of digital publishing is is publishers getting screwed over by intermediaries <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we we produce a lot of events ourselves, so okay. we produce and sell. Directing our website, our own events, and we do have our own platform e commerce platform, which is ours
0: that 's great because you don 't have to give a cut off exactly and anything. i
1: don 't give a cut off, and then my margin or my gross margin sure. uh, for the ticket is much bigger so let 's say that on a normal share revenue deal fifty fifty percent, I could make twelve to fourteen percent of the value of that ticket let's say on average, no, mm-hmm. not for restaurants, which is like a fixed amount. And, and then, if you go direct, you can say, okay, this event that I'm producing, you know, like a silent disco or movies on the river or all okay. the things that we do, fantastic. And things.
0: you do a couple hundred of, of these a year?
1: Uh, last year, I did it over 250. Yeah. And mainly, mainly uh, in London and New York and a bit of Chicago and Los Angeles. But I mean, this is growing. And, and one thing that my team was growing a lot, and I said, okay, let's make sure that we do this at the correct gross margin. So if I'm making, let's say, 25% net then now I'm doubling almost what I would make through, a, uh, mm-hmm. through an intermediary. So uh, having that, and imagine, you, know, you are an organization or news organization, right? Imagine talking to my team uh, years ago, Uh, two and a half years ago, about, you know, gross margin of sales. (laughs) You know, I'm a journalist. What are you talking to me about, right? It's it's kind of a change in pace and also thinking about the business, not only as a media company, and uh, as I said, we call ourselves now a media and entertainment uh, company. And that change in the way we look at at Time Out is is, is quite, that's the revolution, right? Uh, But what hasn't changed is the curation, is our incredible editors who go out there anonymously, pay by the company every night. They go out there to restaurants, to theaters, to plays, to movies, and they review that, and we pay for that. Now, that's a lifestyle. They're doing the hard work. But the hard work. brave souls... Who does it? <laughs> Tell me who does it today. Who sends people to all these places? Yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, a lot of people like to rely on... Bloggers. You know, bloggers or just... Um, we always talk about the duopoly on here. So I, I think it's interesting because your, your angle might be a little different. Like, it's not a Facebook angle. It's probably a Google angle. Yeah. Quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The content industry is constantly evolving. And to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. That's why when the team at Time needed a tool to manage their entire creative process from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com Digiday to receive $50 in free credits. It's funny because Google is now like the, the big friend to publishers. Um, if there's an algorithm to bet on, it was Google's algorithm, not Facebook's algorithm.
1: Well, we obviously the quality score that they give you the QS is very important. We have a very high QS in Time Out because what we bring is good content. It's a quality you know, score, yeah. It's a quality score that, that you, you have. Um, uh, you know, we don't just say, here is a, a restaurant, book it. We talk about the restaurant, we say, these are the best restaurants for this. There's a lot of editorial and articles about it, which Google mm-hmm. loves, right? But also, you cannot just look at Google and Facebook, because Amazon is coming very strong. And you know, everything that Amazon touches, they revolutionize. And, and you know, they take their time, but they are doing that. And I don't know about friends or not friends, or of publisher. I think this is the world of competition, right? They collaborate with you. They allow you to sell their stuff, but also they compete with you. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're both. And, and I think Google has been always, you know, like in the travel industry, which I come from as well, they used to, you know, they, they have all this flight search and hotel search, and yeah. then they were losing the the, the money from Priceline, and Expedia, and TripAdvisor, and then they started so we'll to take change. That. And then we'll take it, we don't. And, and there is always this dance, this tango, but it always takes two to tango as well, above all, you know, the, the, the large guys there.
0: Mm hmm. So talk to me about Amazon. I mean, because Amazon is always, you know, it's it's lurking. It's it's got a billion dollar ad business, but um, it's not major for them. It made it onto. I was talking with someone from Amazon, and I was asking how important advertising is internally because it's so big. And he's like, "Well, we made it onto like the second page of Jeff Bezos's like annual letter." And that, that that was a good sign.
1: Well, if you think about it, um, that's where a lot of things they did, and how important was the servers uh, years ago. Yeah, exactly. And look at it now, and um, Amazon sells tickets now, uh, you know, theater tickets and stuff like that, and they do that in, in London and other places. Are they just checking how much money can they make there? Are they going to make any acquisition? Mm-hmm. What they do is they, what I would imagine, they are trying, testing, mm-hmm. and seeing if there is a cut here. We're going to take the whole thing. You know they're gonna go and buy somebody, or and then create yeah. a bunch of bigger things.
0: And they're getting publishers to publish on Amazon on itself, Amazon. which is something that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. We've written about, but I think should. I mean, because they're clearly trying to
1: learn. Oh, of course. You know, my last book that I, that I bought was here in Columbus Circus in an Amazon bookstore, yeah. a physical bookstore. And it's funny because you go to a bookstore of of Amazon, and then you have the Kindles there which are like left in the corner and every time i talk to uh, students in universities and i ask them how many of you are using kindle or ipad to read almost nobody yeah so here we are back to books and now amazon not only owns the digital space of that now they want to own the the physical of it as well so it's you know amazon is very important so i like to talk about the triopoly right as opposed to the duopoly
0: okay um a lot of people right now are looking at direct reader revenue. Um, what about paywalls or subscriptions? Are you thinking about like, how to do a uh, you know, more premium product that people will pay you every month for?
1: We are not thinking about that. I know there are some companies that have done well with uh, paywalls. Just too
0: many alternatives in, in this area?
1: You know, the digital, you know, the post-millennials, they only know content as free understand this thing about paying for content they, they live digitally since you know they're born and our understanding is that but
0: they pay for spotify i think uh yeah. netflix if they? if they don't have their <laughs> parents password exactly. i may be arguing my way out of this
1: uh yeah uh, but as i said some people have done this very successfully i mean you're asking me about timeout we don't think that our content is, is there, is entertainment. And uh, we like to say that we are in the happiness business, or I like to say that. Mm-hmm. And, and as such, we are, we, are, we are helping people to find the things they want to do You know, when they go out with their friends and their family. Uh, that content to us is, is free, is out there. And what we are doing is cura- curating it for you and telling you why this is better than that, or if you go there, this is what you should do in our professional experience. Now, you may not like that critic of Time Out, but it's a critic, it's not a blogger, it's not a 15 year old who is talking about what is the best theater and has never been in the theater before. I'm exaggerating to, to yeah. make a point. Uh, and so for us, that content, we don't see it as a paywall. And could that model work? Maybe, uh, there are some companies out there that have tried to do something like, you know, discovering the best places of the city and being very secret and then you pay a fee and then you becomes so niche so niche that that is, doesn't pay, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we are mass media. We have 242 million monthly audience around the world. Uh, so it's a sizable audience and um, a huge audience socially in Facebook and others. And, and we have to be uh, remind ourselves that we have that if you want duty to so many people around right. the world. If you put a paywall, you will become, out of that. Right. in my opinion, a much smaller.
0: Yeah, it's a mass play. Um, so I think Pivot to Video in 2017 set the record for going from Great Hope to Punchline. Um, <laughs> you know, Of all the things in digital media, it, it, I think it, it went that route quickest. Um, how much does video play into the journey to profitability? Obviously, higher CPMs
1: yes and, and we saw video like like you are saying we were we were a bit slow to it we have some pr- producers of video but everybody wanted to do video i said but what are you going to do with it pre-roll and then what and how are you going to get all that pre-roll and whether they they're going to do it for you and not for somebody else and you're going to put it in all these changes etc cetera, etc so it became very quickly as you said almost a gimmick like if you had video, you just say that in your strategy. Everybody said, "Oh, good, good." And now it's audio, right? Well, we have to do the assistance yeah. and all that, which we do. We, we did it with Google and and, um, and Alexa as well, and etc. And we, we we keep working on that area because we think audio and it's very important for for what is coming. But for us, video, I mean, it's something that enhances, you know, the digital uh, platform. You know, when you look at it, uh, people are much more visual these days. They don't want to read long form in many cases, you know, of long articles. And they, they like to get, you know, for better or for worse, they, we are in a very visual uh, post-millennial and millennial mm-hmm. audience that want to, to get their news through like YouTube channels and, and stuff like that. But if you want to become that, you're too late. That ship has sailed, right. in my opinion. So you have to be true to who you are and only use video. This is something that you have to add. So, we have some videos of things that happen, and you show snippets of 60, 90 seconds just because it's a nice, uh, mm-hmm. a nice way to present some content. But today, as a strategy for how we are going to uh, you know, get more money through that, I don't see that that's going to make a big impact.
0: How is Instagram for you? Is that, is that almost an alternative to the job that Timeout does? I mean, because Instagram is really interesting with influencers on there and stuff. And, and just as an um, inspiration tool, Instagram is kind of remarkable.
1: We we have a big presence in Instagram and we have a big presence, obviously, in Facebook, which we are...
0: But it's not huge. an alternative to Time Out. But you know, it's like.
1: not an alternative because, again, uh, you could have an influencer and then people, you know, they start digging. And who is this influencer? Uh, somebody who bought... For example, yeah. 50,000 followers through all these bots, and are they really influencing anything? Or is an influencer just a celebrity? So whatever, whatever celebrity tells you mm. to do, you, you go and do it. And that's very different, because that's the advertising model as well of Twitter, right? With the celebrities putting something there and getting $10,000 for it, uh, for hit or whatever. Um, for us, I, I think people will, will look past that eventually in terms of when I really want to do something... I want to do something that I know is, is, is great because there is a lot of fog of information out there. And I don't know, when you use Instagram and other, do you get all the quality that you will require? And do you always look for quality or do you just want to do what everybody else is doing?
0: It's funny how Instagram has changed, I think, the experience of, of travel and experiencing new things for people. Um, I, li- I live on a street in Brooklyn that, that has this iconic shot of the Manhattan Bridge going between buildings. And because of Instagram, it could actually chart it, it is now just masses of people out in front on the street getting the same exact shot because they've seen it on Instagram. And you love it, right? (laughs) I I love just pushing my way through those people every day. It's it's wonderful. Uh, let's talk about the licensing, um, or not the licensing, the markets part of the business because I think a lot of a lot of media companies are looking at their brands, uh, particularly you know when the brand has you know a certain heritage and means something. And they're saying, hey, how else can we make money outside of ads? Um, and so they're looking to do new things with it. Um, and I think they're going to reach the sort of limit because you have to you have to be pretty careful with with what you how you use the brand. Um, I mean, how much can the markets concept grow? And are you looking at other areas in which you can use the Timeout brand?
1: Uh, so the the Timeout market is now uh, beginning to grow, right? Because we have signed leases in all the cities that I told you: Boston, Chicago, Miami, London, Porto.
0: It's a serious business. It's not just licensing no. your your name.
1: It's a business that is already EBITDA positive, and we don't license the name. We run it. It's right. ours. That's this is I mean. not franchisee here. This is us. Thank you. Uh, we choose it. We have the team. It's not just a pop up. No, and it's not a pop up at all, <laughs> right? I mean, love pop ups and street food, no, but that's we are what I that.
0: said the place in, in Portugal. It's very big.
1: Yeah, and and you know that's probably bigger than the majority we will do yeah. because that was a, a space that was available to us by the by the the, the city mayor, etc. And we applied for it. We put forward the project, and they loved it, and that's how we got it. Uh, but um, when you look at at what our market is. It's, it's an evolution of our brand. It's that promise of time out is choosing the best and it's showcasing it to you. And now we are not just... The, you know, we were first telling this is what you should be doing in a city and now we are part of what you should be doing in a city. Like today if you go to Lisbon, very rare that you don't go to the Tamar yeah. market. Everybody will tell you to go to the Tamar market. 3.6 million visitors last year in a city which is... What, 1.8 million or 2 million large? So imagine how incredible it is. So everybody goes there because they have great showcasing of the best culinary experience in Portugal and in Lisbon. Mm -hmm. And you see people from all over the world, you know, 70%. these market
0: halls are actually having uh, quite a moment globally, it seems like.
1: But think about it. What are the new plazas where people meet? It used to be the malls in America. Malls are closing down 25% year on year. People don't do that anymore and they are not ability. So where do you go and meet? Everybody's on the internet. Everybody is, you know, <laughs> you know, left and right on the on your phone. And and how do you meet people? So food has always been where, you know, people run the kitchen. People have food to talk with their friends, with their family. So that's why places like these are an incredible new plaza where people finally meet each other after 23 hours of non-stop internet, watching <laughs> things and, and at work and at home, etc. And so that food is what unites us. And that is very important, and that's why they're becoming very popular. If you do it well, you do it with quality. You are, you know, what do you and see? And that's why
0: you know. you're, you're not interested in licensing to a third party to we operate. Are not.
1: We are not. The same way that I started taking the franchises back to time out, to run our own brand. Our brand is the most important asset we have. And the promise of what our brand is, our tone of voice, uh, in our editorial, that's us. And for this, the Tamar market is also us. You know, it's expensive to do it, but.
0: Yeah. So what is going to, you mentioned, not profitable now. What is going to change that?
1: Okay, so the market is already profitable. The division okay. timeout market is already profitable, which is fantastic, uh, and will continue to, to do so when we open the other, uh, the, the next ones. Uh, the digital side of the business, well, the traditional side of the business, if you want, which now is no longer traditional with all the e-commerce, yeah. etc. You've
0: got print under the digital. Yeah, and
1: okay. I have print under the digital, yes. Uh, it's not under, it's just no, there, right? But um, it's called Digital Group. It's called Digital Group because I wanted to show right. case showcase what w- who we are and who we want to be as well. The, uh, the analysts are expecting us to be profitable by next year. That's what the city analysts are expecting. I tend to agree with them, but obviously as a public <laughs> company. Yeah. Um, but what are the drivers? Goals. So the drivers are obviously the growth. As I said last year, 57% growth on e-commerce, 14, uh, I think it was 49% in what we call premium profiles. So the listings, growth on digital uh, of around 30% in advertising. Print went up 1%. Um, so all areas, uh, but the, the areas of e-commerce, timeout market, and, and those are the areas more important. And so you're going to grow
0: yourself to profitability, not cut your way to profitability.
1: Exactly. No, no, we have been growing. We have been, Of course, we have had reorganizations in sure. the company because we needed to have new, not only the timeout market, new kind of uh, uh, you know, people who understand that business, uh, but also we needed people who understood the business of, uh, of timeout as a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think that has been a major shift. but we are growing our our top line has been growing and growing. the revenue is growing. Uh, and what we have to do is make sure that the costs don't don't go uh, as right. much up as, as the revenue, obviously.
0: Yeah, so final thing is, I mean, timeout has a particular uh, media brand. Um, but what are your sort of you know, two or three lessons you think broadly? Uh, people in the media business that are all trying to figure this out, you know, should take away from from your own sort of journey on this transformation. This you is know, the advice portion of advi- the podcast. Uh,
1: the, the, I can talk about how we think about the future. We have started with a plan. We knew where we wanted to go. So begin with the any mind. That's not me. That's Stephen Covey. But begin with that any mind. Know where you want to go. But above all, know who you are. So don't go to every gimmick whether it's video or anything else and you said well i have to do that i have to do that i have to do that because you're gonna l- you're gonna lost you're gonna you're gonna get lost in who, who who are you and so know who you are know where you're going and be fast because the speed here is essential um, if you blink you're gone somebody else just eat have eaten your lunch so i would go uh, if you know if you know who you are as a company in timeout we know our content is the our curation, our editorial curation, is the essential the the essence of Timeout? Then everything else comes around it, and then be ambitious, but but don't go and try to do everything, right? Because that will kill you. You're I not mean, trying to
0: make TV programs, no, I travel mean, programs. They call stuff.
1: us. They call us from all over the place. Oh, we we want to talk to you about this idea. We want every week. My team and, and I receive offers, and you know, you want to be polite, but it's impossible because everybody wants to either. You know, they like your audience, the numbers. And they say, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. When you're a consumer brand, like Time Out brand, uh, people own it. Mm-hmm. So everybody I meet will say, well, you know what Timeout should do. You should write everyone's, about that. Everyone's Everyone. got an opinion. <laughs> and that's great because you're a consumer brand. I love it. But then you have to understand that you cannot do that, including my own, you know, board of directors. They have their own ideas, right? right? And so we debated in our board meetings and we should do this or not. And I said, hey, you know what we should be doing? It should be doing our core business very well and run it very efficiently. And that's what we are doing. And then you will get the the results, you get the profitability, and that will allow you to do a lot of other things. So first, that transformation of an old publisher into this new media and entertainment company, that's the journey. You know, it's exciting, it's not easy, but um, we love doing it. Okay. Julia, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Brian.
0: And thank you all for listening. This podcast is produced by Aditi Sengal. If you liked our show, and I I hope you did, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now on Spotify and Anchor.fm. That's a new one. And while you're there, rate us and leave us a review. Also, please check out Digiday Live, another of Digiday's podcasts. Digiday Live features the best speakers from our events. We have up now conversations I had on stage just a couple weeks ago at our publishing summit with Click Media Group CEO Catherine Power, Politico CRO Bobby Moran, and New York Media CRO Avi Zimak. You can find Digiday Live on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thanks again. See you next week.